0: hi folks welcome thanks for joining us on the cream of the crop a podcast dedicated to agriculture we talk to top leaders share top ideas and discuss top trends and products we get to the heart of ag and put the issues on the table Hi, folks, and welcome. This is Justin Mitchell, along with co-host Walt Shapley, here with Highland Ag Solutions and Cream of the Crop. Uh, we've got a special guest lined up today, truly a public servant in his previous background, but becoming a leader in the potato industry up in Wisconsin today. Walt, well, I want to actually turn it over to you. You've got a long background with Mike. You've known him for many years, so I think you'd be able to serve justice here to introduce him to our listeners today. So, Walt, go ahead and take it away and bring Mike on the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Justin. So, Mike Carter, CEO of Bushman's Incorporated. And Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. As Justin said, you've got a pretty diverse background in public service as well as the private sector in the potato industry. Why don't you kind of walk us through your history and where you're coming from?
2: First of all, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate the uh, opportunity for being on. I love your podcast, and uh, it's an honor to be on here. My journey is very different uh, than I think most people's journeys. You know, I serve on the Potatoes USA board, and it's funny listening to everybody in the room talk about, you know, I'm a fifth generation potato farmer, I'm a fourth generation potato farmer. And I am that rare guy who's a first-generation potato farmer. This is not a family calling. Uh, This is something that I got into later. I actually went to the University of Wisconsin and I ended up staying in Madison and working at the state capitol for 10 years as a policy analyst uh, in the state senate. And from there, I got involved in the potato industry. I was asked to be a part of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers Association as their director of government affairs. So I did that for 10 years. And after a while, I had a member come to me and said, hey, we're really looking for somebody to help run organization. And that's the point where I was able to go on board with Bushman's Inc. It's been a great ride. It's been an interesting journey and not typical. I think in ag, you hear a lot about people that have been in the industry since they were born. And I I had to wait a few years before I was honored enough to be part of this industry.
1: You got here as quick as you could, right? Yeah, I got here as quick as I could. not sure they were ready for me before that. So you also were involved with the uh, National Potato Council, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So National Potato
2: Council does the government affairs work on behalf of the potato industry. They're based out in Washington, D.C. And because that was my background, I obviously work very closely and continue to work very closely with them on lobbying and representing on the potato industry out in D.C. and making sure that people out there understand what our challenges are. And then the other part is, is Potatoes USA, like I mentioned, I'm on, on that board, too. And that's the marketing arm for the potato industry. That's the uh, group that does all the consumer research and advertising and tries to change public opinions about potatoes.
1: Hey, take a minute and talk to us about Bushman's. For people who don't know about Bushman's, the company's over 100 years old. Talk to us about their philosophies and what they're all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh,
2: yeah, 106-year-old company, Joe Bushman. He would literally, you know, plant the potatoes by hand, he'd dig them up by hand, and then he'd put them on a rail car and ride with the potatoes in a rail car down to Chicago and sell them down in Chicago and then hitch a ride home. And that is a true story. I mean, he'd pack a lunch in a thermos, and that's how we used to get potatoes to market back in the early 1900s. Um, Bushman's Inc., like any family farm that's that old, you have branches off of that particular tree. And Bushman's Inc. was actually founded in 1974 by the son of Joseph Bushman. And he broke away from his brothers and started his own gig. And that's the company that I'm with today. Our company has growing interest all across the country, particularly here in central Wisconsin. So we grow potatoes, we have a packing shed, and then we also have a marketing arm that ensures that the customers have a year round supply, which is exactly the need nowadays. So we are the proverbial vertically integrated company. We take the potatoes from the ground all the way to the consumer and we focus on the things that everybody else focuses on right service quality and price i mean that's what we do the service piece is absolutely huge i mean you have to be able to provide a product when the customer needs it you have to give it there on time and it has to be the right thing and It doesn't sound like that should be all that hard. I mean, it's a potato, right? You put it in a bag, then you ship it. But as it turns out, there's a lot of intricacies than you'd expect.
0: Let's talk about uh, some of your customers. You mentioned you're a year-round operation. Do you sell primarily to retail customers, to food service? How are your potatoes being used, and who's your customer base?
2: So we have a pretty good split. So we're fresh market potatoes. We focus on the fresh market. So fresh market being uh, when you go and buy a potato, not a product that was a potato and is not well, still as a potato, but it's been processed in some way. So what that means for us is it's retail outlets. So think of your uh, grocery stores. And then also we have a fair number of food service customers as well. That's shifted over the last couple of months here. The food service has been affected by what's going on in our world today. But before this all started, and these are rough numbers, about 60% retail, 40% food service. There's been a big shift. There's been a huge focus on retail at this point and a shift away from food service.
0: That goes right into the conversation and the path that we've been going down the last few podcasts here, as we've been talking to other marketers in, in the berry world and watermelons and such, anybody that dealt in food service before COVID-19, they felt the impacts from uh, the pandemic. Uh, but folks that had retail business, they reaped the benefits of it, right? As, as more folks were going to their local grocery stores and buying uh, fresh foods instead of going out to eat. So how did that impact? I mean, it sounds like if you had 40% food service, you guys certainly felt, uh, some effects of that. What did you guys see and and what are you doing in response to it?
2: If you think about it, I mean, for every action, there's a reaction, right? And so as all that food service sort of dried up and uh, kind of trickled down to, to almost nothing, retail went through the roof. If you think about potatoes, what is the one time of year that everybody buys potatoes, That's a few weeks leading up to Thanksgiving. And that's when we see the largest consumption of potatoes. Over the past few weeks, and particularly when all of the lockdown started, we were at about 120% of shipping compared to what we were the week or two before Thanksgiving. So we were blowing Thanksgiving numbers out of the water. because potatoes are stable. You know, you can put them in the pantry, you can eat them over a period of time. And so we saw as people were going to the grocery stores and you it wasn't quite the same as maybe say toilet paper or hand sanitizer, but people were definitely stocking up on potatoes and putting them in their cupboards and and trying to make it through the next few weeks. At the same time, the food service was going down to a trickle. And so it was super busy for us. Um, It continues to be pretty brisk uh, because I think some of those same things are in play at this point. What happened is the potatoes that were grown specifically for the French fry market that are not being pushed through the system. The freezers were full, consumption was down. And so now you have a bunch of potatoes out there that needed a home. And so what we're starting to see is some migration from some of those French fried potatoes over into the fresh market. And they work on the fresh market. In fact, some of them can be very good on the fresh market because they were grown to be bigger, to make longer French fries. And so as you run them through the plant, there are more unusables that just won't look good in a bag. So those are some of the things that we're dealing with as we make our way through the uncharted territory here.
0: And I think when you talk of a big potato like that for French fries, if I want to get a big baked potato, that would work well for that then, right? if I don't want those little half-pound ones, if I want a big one-pound baked potato, that's something that you could use those French fry varieties for then, right? You know what? We have a sweet
2: spot on those big potatoes. And so, you know, the ones that you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about a good 70-count or maybe a 60-count, I mean, a nice, you know, something that goes really good next to a steak or some chicken or something like that, I'm talking and even bigger than that i mean these things you you couldn't even put it on a plate they're grown long and they're grown really big because people like long french fries big french fries and so there's a challenge there we're able to use some of those potatoes in the retail line but there is some product in there that we just can't use
1: how does bushman's had to adjust because obviously you kept growing you kept bringing things out of storage and, and running to the pack facility and shipping them what kind of things have you had to do with the pandemic
2: We have been fortunate here in central Wisconsin that the pandemic hasn't been as prolific that it has been in other areas of the country. I mean, we definitely have cases here, but it's not quite as bad. But to answer the question, we're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, right? We're doing as much social distancing as we possibly can within the plant. We're using gallons of hand sanitizer and masks, and so we're doing all of the things that have been recommended, and we're following state guidelines as well. I mean, we're, you know, one of the critical operations and necessary workers, so you have to keep the product moving uh, because people have to eat, and so you have to do it in the most responsible way that you can within the guidelines of the law, and so we just follow the, the guidelines, and so far it, it's been working with a added level of difficulty.
0: Mike, you mentioned that when consumers buy potatoes, you do have some storage options for them. So did you guys adjust the way that you were storing potatoes? Did you have to hold some back due to demand fluctuations? How did that impact you guys as far as storage and inventory goes?
2: Well, we made a pretty bold move um, when this started and a lot of life in agriculture is math, right? And we start doing the math and we look what we have in the bins and we see what we're shipping out every day and we're thinking, wow, uh, we're going to run out way faster than we thought. And so we made a pretty bold move and we went out and purchased some potatoes. And so we did that and they were some of the the potatoes that had originally been designated for process. And so we just literally went out and bought Spud. And uh, the challenge is, is the potatoes that are grown and stored specifically for the French fry market are stored warmer than fresh market potatoes, but that matters on storability. It matters when you ship to market. If the, the potatoes are colder, you can get some more condensation in the bags and stuff like that. And so we changed Um, how we're storing them. We did some things to make sure that they don't start to sprout and then we have to ship them a distance in order to get them to our packing shed as well. So I mean, all of those things are challenges they're minor challenges, they're things that we manipulate and control in order to make sure that our consumers have a year-round supply and it seems to be working so far, but there's a downside to it too, right? You know, you have to go out and purchase large chunks of potatoes like that and certainly we did some testing and you know, they performed well, but it'll take us six weeks to get through those and so you just have to keep an eye on them and make sure that they continue to be able to arrive at the end of the bin as they did at the first part of the bin.
1: So that's an underlying theme that we hear from all of our guests. And I think that the public needs to know more about what you described was you laid it on the line. You made a gutsy decision, put a bunch of cash in front of it to keep the pipeline full for the consumer. Does that pretty well sum it up? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's really, that's sort of the essence of agriculture though, right? I mean, that's what you do every
2: year. In the potato industry, it is a high value crop. And so every year you put money on the line and you put them in the ground and you manage them the best you can. Then you dig them up and you put them in storage and you manage them the best you can and sometimes you don't sell them until July. So you're at risk when you buy your seed in say March or April through a full year and then into July. I mean, it's a long time period that you have cash into something that can go bad at any particular time. There is definitely a risk factor, but you know what? That's offset by a number of other things, right? I mean, I can't think of a more noble profession than provide food for somebody. Maybe being a doctor, I guess I, I should discount that. But no, it is it is definitely an honorable field to be in
0: and potatoes like you said one of those staple food items that everybody eats right
2: yeah, so that's a fact. I was doing some reading about some data that Potatoes USA put out, and I'm looking at these numbers. 73% of the people report eating potatoes at least once a week, second to only bread. That's good, right? For somebody that worries about marketing, I mean, that should be good news. should be pretty easy for even a guy like me to market something that 73% of the people eat at least once a week.
1: Yep, it's the modern-day root cellar.
2: It is, and these root cellars are nothing like your grandma's root cellars. I mean, these things are enormous buildings that are incredibly high-tech, in fact, you can manage these sellers from your iPhone now, and it's all about airflow. It's all about temperature. It's all about humidity. These are super high-tech buildings, and they're mind-boggling. I mean, it's hard for people to imagine how many potatoes are in one of these bins and how many potatoes that we go through.
1: What are some of the new uh, promotions that Potato USA is working on currently? Right now, there's a great program in place and a great
2: team in place, and we're excited about some of the things that uh, we're working on. Like everybody else, there has been a shift over the past few weeks on what do you focus on and how do you change those consumer attitudes. Um, so, And like I mentioned before, the good news is is a consumer attitude is generally positive about the potatoes. Nutrition is one of those things that we continue to focus on, and consumers have some question marks in their brain. For us, it's a matter of getting that message out. Um, There's also been a focus on athletes and uh, people who are influencers, opinion influencers in the athletic community potatoes usa is helping sponsor marathons and some runs we're also putting an investment in scientific research into nutrition um, so that we can better understand and talk about things like how potatoes affect athletic performance Um, i heard a great speaker down in denver in march Um, he's dedicating his life phd work to nutrition and potatoes are a big part of that high in potassium Potassium's a huge benefit to uh, people that are athletic. But it's not just for athletes either. It's, it's only 110 calories. There's no fat. they are complex carbohydrates. There's a ton of vitamin C. There's fiber. There's potassium. There's all these things in here. They're highly nutritionally dense. So what we're trying to do is, is promote the nutrition value of a potato, not only among athletes, but also among the consumer as well.
0: Mike, where can people go to find more information about that? Should they go to a Potatoes USA resource or a Bushman's resource? Where can consumers go to find out more information about that?
2: Potatoesgoodness.com has a lot of really good consumer research. And that's the other piece, too, I probably should have mentioned, is is there's a lot of work being done at the Potatoes USA on recipes and and nutritious recipes and giving consumers new ways to prepare them. So, uh, potatoesgoodness.com. Bushmansinc.com, we have links to all of those materials. And then Potatoes USA also has a brand new website that's very good as well.
0: It's so important to have those resources for consumers because, you know, like you said here in the last couple of months, people have been eating in. So they may be looking for recipes. They want different ways of consuming foods. And and you talked earlier about all the different varieties. My wife goes to the store and she buys the baked potatoes. Then there's the little fingerling ones, the red ones, the small little golden ones. There's all kinds of potatoes out there for consumers to have. And how do you eat those? You know, how do you prepare those? How do you mix them with other foods? So I think the more that the industry can promote for consumers, uh, the better, right? I know just in my house, we're always looking for different ways to consume potatoes. And instead of just the traditional baked potato, every every plate, you know, how can we start to explore some of these other varieties? And, and I think that's fantastic to have those resources for folks.
1: I've seen some pretty good recipes using potatoes from uh, this site called Allie's Kitchen. <laughs> oh man, she
2: does a good job, doesn't she?
1: <laughs> yes, she does. Yeah, I happen to know Allie pretty well. Uh, Allie would
2: be my wife. And uh, yeah, she does. a a great monthly column where she does a new recipe every month in the Badger Commentator, which is the Wisconsin trade magazine for the potato industry. She does a great job. In fact, my favorite parts of her job is the fact I get to test all her recipes. Then she puts great quotes in her articles about what I say about them. Uh, One of my most famous quotes is, it's good.
0: <laughs> Very insightful. <laughs> hey, and it's okay It's okay to give a plug on on the show from time to time, Walt. Absolutely. <laughs> but
1: you did
2: mention something that really kind of struck me and hits me and is something that we're seeing too. It, you know, this pandemic has been a disaster for everybody and a lot of businesses and people personally. But, I mean, there's some good that's come out of it and people are spending more time together. They're relearning how to cook. They're rediscovering cooking, mostly because they had to. But I think a lot of people are saying that they enjoy it. And so, yeah, we have to give them the resources to develop those new skills and to promote that and make sure that once this whole thing is over, they continue to use potatoes as they do their daily cooking.
0: That's fantastic. So just to rehash those websites again, it's potatoesgoodness.com and then Bushman's Is that right? Yep, you bet. Perfect. Mike, thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you on the show today, and I could see another podcaster too just talking about the different varieties, the way you guys process them, all the different technology that's coming into Potatoes to manage the infrastructure. I mean, we've covered a lot of things here today, and I certainly hope we can get you back on the show here for a future episodes. So thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate that, and best of luck to you guys this season. Appreciate you coming on board today. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast has been a presentation of Has Media, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Highland Ag Solutions and visit our website at highlandhasit.com.